I, I don't know about y'all, but my heart is full right now. It is so full, it's coming out my nose. And uh, <clears throat> Nehemiah, if you can find it, Nehemiah, if you need to look at your index, go ahead. If you have a thumb tab, you're a cheater. Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah chapter 1. We're going to start in verse number 1. Ezra, Nehemiah. It is almost as if God reaches up and in the scheme of things pushes a little bit of pause in Jewish history to show us reality. Sometimes you can travel from Genesis to Revelation and you can step from book to book like stones across the path and think, well, I've been to that book and I've been to that book and I know what's coming next and I know what's coming next. It gives us the history of Israel. But then it shows us the condition of the home of Israel. And that's Jerusalem. That's where we get to Ezra and Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse number 1. And it says this, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month of Chislu, in the 20th year as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped which were left of the captivity, and concerning what, please? Jerusalem. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept, and mourned certain days, and fasted, and prayed before the God of heaven. I recognize that I am weird sometimes and a little bit odd when I read the Bible, because when I read the Bible, I, what I spoke of this morning, I, I truly want to be. I want to know the book from God's heart, God's mind, not my heart, not my mind, not what men and commentaries have to say and not what is the staple part of this. I want to know God. I want to know the heart of God. And tonight, I want all of us to get on God's side of the table and let's kind of look through the eyes of God. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to your word and to your passage, God, the singing tonight, Love grew where the blood fell when the storm passes by. The greatest of all miracles, God, what a great God. Lord, help me in the next couple of moments to take you, the invisible God we've never seen, and, and put form through words and put embodiment. And Lord, may all of us together become more like thee. 
Bless us in this night. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I would like to say that tonight's going to be very simple, but I'm a gray. My father started a salvation series for the old timers that was salvation made simple. And about our 28th week, my mother looked at him and said, if it is so simple, how come we're 28 weeks in? I do want to be very simplistic tonight, but yet I, I, I want to be able for all of us to carry out of here the heart of God. The book of Nehemiah can be summed up in the first four verses of the opening chapter. This book is the tale of the city of Jerusalem broken down, burnt, walls, gates, destroyed. And it also is the tale of one man whom the book is named after, Nehemiah. Nehemiah was in the palace, a good place, a heavenly place, if you will. And tonight I'm going to let Nehemiah represent God. Nehemiah sits in the palace. His brethren come. And he says unto them, what of the remnant? What of the city? No doubt they've had conversation and the remnant says to him that, do you know there are people there that are left of the captivity? They are in great affliction. They are in great reproach. The walls of Jerusalem are broken down. The gates are, are burnt with fire. And it really is a terrible condition to be in. When you walk through the book of Nehemiah, you'll come to chapter 2. Nehemiah finally arrives in the city of Jerusalem. He takes this inspection tour of the city in verse 12. He then returns with his findings in verse 17. If you'll go there, please, Nehemiah 2.17. And in Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse number 17, he returns with his findings. And he says this, Then said I unto them, You see the distress that we're in? How Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, and let us build up the walls of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Nehemiah's fear of what he had heard back in chapter 1 was confirmed with his own eyes. This city lies in such wreck, in such ruin, and it is burnt. I find this very interesting because when you study about the city of Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem and its location is something that is very informative. Before I talk about this and start asking you to put your seatbelts on and put your trade tables up as we come in for a landing, Nehemiah 4.10, would you go there? And here is the title of tonight. And Judah said, the strength of the bearers of burdens is, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Nehemiah 4.10, and Judah said, the strength of the bearers of the burden is what, please? Decayed. And there is much what, please? So that we are not what, please? Able to build the wall. That one, that, those two words right there, much rubbish is what I want to preach on. Much rubbish rubbish. Jerusalem sits on top of a hill. 
Jerusalem has two deep valleys on either side. Jerusalem has a taller mountain sitting behind it. This is Jerusalem. To attack Jerusalem is a frontal attack. And when you look at the history of Israel and, excuse me, Jerusalem, you can look this up yourself. Jerusalem was destroyed twice. At the writing here, it's destroyed once. It will not be destroyed until the Roman Empire later on. But, but, but I want you to listen to this. Jerusalem was destroyed once to this point. Jerusalem was besieged 23 times. Jerusalem was captured and recaptured 44 times. It was attacked 52 times. And here she sits in total ruin. I'm going to ask you to look through the eyes of God. And all of us need to get right about being pharisaical. When you and I see the rubbish, would you sit down in the middle of that life and would you ask yourself this question? How much fighting happened? How many times did the life that sits in ruin right now, I wonder how many times they gave it their best. They gave it their all. You see, Jerusalem, before it ever got to this point, time after time after time after time, this city fought back. This city recaptured. This city went to war. And it would get captured, and then it would get recaptured, and then it would be besieged, and then it would be destroyed, and then it would be built again. Am I making sense? Is that not the Christian life? And when you and I look at somebody that we think, oh, look at their life, their life is just rubbish. Know this, before it ever got to that point as God's child, they must have had a big fight on their hands and they must have gave it everything they had. And before we talk about the rubbish, I think we need to look through the eyes of God. You have a chance to carry with you the heart of God and when you meet somebody that used to, well, well I used to, we, we used to, and I'm going to tell you right now that I think our heart needs to rise to this level. Mm. You put up a good fight. Nobody that is saved ever wants a life that's ruined. And everybody who sits in rubbish would you go back to Nehemiah 1? What did it say? And there's one word there that really spoke to my heart. When I look at something that's much rubbish, there's this desire to build, but I can't build. And we found that in Nehemiah. As you go back to Nehemiah 1, let me read back to you. The strength is decayed. We're not able to build. There's too much rubbish. And whenever you and I know somebody, family member, would you please look at what it says here? In Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse number 3, and they said unto me, the what? The what? The what? Do you know that inside every believer that right now maybe is surrounded by rubbish, there is that remnant of who they used to be, and there is that remnant of what they want to be, and Nehemiah comes along And Nehemiah says, 
Let's rebuild. Let's rebuild. You know the kind of church that I want to have, the kind of church that I want to be a member of. Not that I want to have this is the Lord's church, but the church that I desire to be a member of, which I think I am, is the church that when somebody's life is ruined, walls broken, gates burnt, that we do not look at them there and say, that's how they've always been, but we look at them there and say, you must have put up a good fight. You must have put up a good fight. And there are people that I meet all the time that you know what our connect is. Our connect is because I want to be like the Lord. I want to be the Nehemiah that when I hear of a Jerusalem broken down and I hear of this citadel that no longer stands, that somebody needs to get on the white stallion. Somebody needs to put on the armor. Somebody needs to get the sword. And somebody needs to go to where the rubbish is and tell them, listen to me, it, this city can be rebuilt. Get back up and let's get this thing done. Because the devil always forgets one fact about God's people. And that's found in Proverbs chapter 27. Would you go there? Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 24, I'm sorry. Proverbs chapter 24. And in Proverbs chapter number 24, Proverbs 24. And I wish you'd carry this message far and wide. That what may be rubbish to you and I at times is a city that used to have laughter. And it's a city that used to have joy. Y'all, it's a city that everything was okay. It was a city they won victories. It was a city that they tried to take it, the frontal attack, and they defeated them. Then they threw a victory party. But for whatever reason, the strength is gone. But y'all, look at Proverbs 24, 16. For a just man falleth, how many times? And riseth, what please? Up again. Let's put this verse in total context. Can we do that? What makes the just man get back up is because he's just. What makes him get back up is because beating inside here is this remnant thought. I, I, I can get back. I, I can go back to where I am. And I'm talking to maybe somebody here that on the inside it, it, it hasn't come out yet in your life, but maybe you're rubbish. Maybe it's broken down. Maybe you have tried and you have tried and you have tried and you have tried and you've tried and you've tried and you've tried. But on the inside right now, the walls are broken down, the gates are burnt, and you're like, Pastor, I don't know how much longer I can hang on. And I am a believer that sometimes people don't come back to church because they know it's getting ready to be shown on the outside what has literally happened, been happening on the inside. I have tried, and I have tried, and I have tried, and I have tried. And I want to tell you that all somebody needs is a Nehemiah that says this. 
get back up. All it needs is somebody to walk through their life and go, I've been through your life. You can become that again. We live in such a society to where you're one and you're done, or you're done and you're none. But if we really look at this, for the just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. Now, this is very interesting, and it would be a standalone verse if it wasn't for the punctuation in the verse before. Would you look at it? This would be a standalone verse if it wasn't for the punctuation in the verse before. What is the ending punctuation in verse 15? A colon, which means you've got to take the four and go back. Look what it says. Lay not wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the what? Spoil not his what? You know what, it, you know what it's telling us? It's telling us this. Hey, wicked man, you're waiting for it to fall apart. I need a wicked man, Brother Lamb, and I appreciate you volunteering on the inside. Leave your Bible because you're wicked. Take your shoes off. No, I'm kidding. And uh, do, you, do you know what it literally means? Who's, who's, who's in the dorm suite with you? Is it your brother? Oh, that's perfect. Where's your brother? Kobe, where are you at? Where'd he go? Get up here. It is the brother here. No, no, you're the serious one, aren't you? You'll be the wicked one. Come here, come here. You come over here. No, come over here. You know what it literally is? It means this, that here sits the wicked one. Cross your feet and just cross your legs and just become very, very now, now. Very, yeah. There, oh, that's perfect. Rub your, just rub your, yeah. Do you know what it's literally saying? Now you get to work. Fall down. Fall down. Fall down. And get back up and just do that over and over again. Do you know what the verse is literally saying? We always preach this side of it. The just man falls seven times and he rises up again. But in true context, do you know why he gets back up? Because he knows that the wicked is sitting here. You can stop. You're making me tired. That the wicked is sitting here waiting for him. Go back down to stay down. And look at the. Just lay down. Take a nap. Look at it. Look at verse 15. Lay not wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Spoil not his resting place. Y'all, you know the reason we need to rebuild the Jerusalems that lie in waste is because always sitting off to the side is the wicked one. And he's waiting for them not to get back up so that he could stand and go spoiled and take everything they worked hard for. But you know this, that every time you meet a life that you think is rubbish, that I think is rubbish, and they're a child of God, go sit down. I don't know of any of them 
that didn't at one time get back up. But then they failed again. And then they said, I, I got to get back up. And then they failed again. And then they got back up. <laughs> you guys can have a seat. Well, you already have one, but you can. I said I want to come to you tonight to tell you this. Much rubbish means that there was much fighting up until that point. But if we didn't believe that the greatest of all miracles was when Jesus saved me, and if we got to believe it, now listen to this, we have to believe it. We have to believe that no matter where the life is right now, that it can be much worse if the devil has his way. There are people watching right now. There are people who will slip in on a Sunday morning. And do you know what they want to hear? They don't want to hear your rubbish. They need to hear you can become again what you once were. Jerusalem's an amazing city. Donald Trump recognized the value of Jerusalem. And I believe it was May, let me check my facts, May 14th on the 70th anniversary, May 14th, 2018, Donald Trump President Trump moved the embassy to Jerusalem. He made it happen. We are so short-term in our sight. We so live from birth to the grave instead of birth to eternity. Go to Revelation 21. Musicians, come on, make your way. Revelation 21 and verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Uh-oh, look at verse 2. And I, John, saw the holy city. New what, please? New what? Coming down from God out of heaven. Prepared as a what? Hold it. Would you look at the screen? That's the kind of bride. You see, you can either look at what man sees or you can look at what God sees. You know what God sees? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. One day. One day, you're going to be prepared as a bride. Musicians, if you'll come in, and I, I'm trusting you're outside the door. 
If I could get you, as we have done a hundred times, Miss Amy, at a wedding, the preliminary goes on. We all know the tradition. We're playing all this in-between music. But everybody knows that there is one sound when we know the bride's getting ready to come through that door. And we're all keeping our eye on one person in the auditorium. Anybody tell me what the tradition says? Who who we keep an eye on? The bride's mother. Because as soon as she stands, she's coming down the aisle. All with one. Could you play it, please? Stop. Have you ever seen a bride before the makeup and the hair artist get to her? Now, I'm just going to pull right over here and get honest about this one. I'm not going to reveal which wedding it was. I have done a lot of weddings, a lot of weddings. I've been a lot of places to do a lot of weddings. The scariest place I have ever been to do a wedding was not here. It was someplace else, and I have to be very now, now, very careful. Now, now, I don't even know where that comes. i got to be very careful right now. But I'm cutting through for something to happen. i got to go meet with somebody. And I'm cutting through, and I turn the corner, and I go, whoa. And this thing stepped out with a green face. And it was like, it was, it was, a, it was hours before the wedding, and I am like, And through this mask, it said, and I told her I was going to talk about her tonight, and I said, tune in. It said, hi, Brother Gray. I didn't didn't think we would meet like like this. (laughs) And I'm like, is this why the bride doesn't see the groom and the groom doesn't see the bride? (laughs) Like, is this why the tradition is here? Is it because, like, the groom's like, is that what I'm going to wake up to every morning? And I hate to tell them, no, that's what you're going to go to bed with every night. (laughs) But but, but, but that's why the brides don't get married at 6 o'clock in the morning. Y'all don't, you men that got married, guys, you're going to get married, you don't know this. But they start at midnight in the body shop with the paint. No, No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Hey, but let me tell you something. How many times... How many times have I been standing here someplace and my favorite face to watch is the groom? Because as soon as those doors open up, I've seen grooms go. Sometimes I just want to reach up and... And especially here because the sun... The sun cast this backdrop about this time. And that backdrop of that glory, when they step through that door, even I stand here and I just go, wow. Y'all, please know this. Whatever rubbish you think exists in somebody's life that's here, be a Nehemiah. Understand that there's still a remnant in them. That they don't want to lie this way. They, they want to be something that can be respected again and something that can be glorious again. But Revelation tells us that there's coming a day. Go ahead. There's coming a day 
As John saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. If I could personify Jerusalem, listen to her. Listen to the bricks. Listen to the rubbish say, I used to be beautiful. I used to stand as the citadel. From here, we had kings. King David, the psalmist of Israel. But after being hit that many times, now I lie in rubbish. And I do not think it's an accident that God at the very end, he could have just said, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there were no, was no more sea. And I heard a great voice out of heaven. He could have just went there, but you know what he did? He wanted Jerusalem to know, you will be the place that once again has eternal beauty. No matter how someone lies tonight, if they're a child of God, one day they have eternal beauty. One day God will wipe away all tears Parents, listen to this. Those tears that you shed that nobody understands unless you're a parent. And by the way, parent of small children, you better be careful about how you characterize parents of grown children. Let me tell you something. The hardest tears to catch are the tears of parents whose children are not living according to honoring the Lord but the harder tears to shed is when other people decide to talk about those children. Much rubbish. It doesn't stay that way. You let the trumpet sound, my friend. Everything that is wrong becomes right. Sown in corruption, raised incorruptible. Sown mortal, raised with immortality. Sown in ugliness, raised in glory. Sown in sin, raised to life everlasting. And I'll tell you the kind of pastor I want to be is when I see much rubbish. Three things. One, you never would have rolled over and played dead. You must have fought very hard. Number two, the fact you're even here or the fact you're even talking to a pastor means there's a remnant in you that wants something. And number three, let the trumpet sound, and it's a game changer. And then I want to see what the Pharisees are going to say going up. Because corruption is corruption, y'all. No matter how beautiful you try to make corruption, it's corruption. So I will ask you today, what do you see? After you see the rubbish, here's what I see. 
you must have fought hard. Number two, there still is something in you that wants, you want to be that kind of city again. And then number three, there is coming a day when we all will be together. We sang when the storm passed by. Did we sing that tonight? Let's all stand, if you will, and this will be our invitation song. And let's sing this, if you will. And I want you to think tonight that if there is somebody in your life and there is somebody that you know that maybe you have criticized or you have talked about that, well, you know their life, it's just rubbish. May we all get off this Facebook Christianity and may we all get out of the gossip circle and may we all realize, but by the grace of God, people would see our broken down walls and our burnt gates. But one day, one day, in the dark of the midnight, let's sing it and then we'll take a time